it becomes easier when you surrender and allow it to look the way the universe wants and you find that flow instead of you trying to force it the way you thought it was supposed to be. This is the Alchemized Life Podcast and I am your host, Ava Johanna. Transformational mentor, speaker, teacher, and most importantly, a woman on a mission to bring wellness to the world. This podcast was created to bridge the gap for anyone craving more love, health, and happiness in each and every day. And with every episode, you will receive practical guidance to create magic in your own life. Combining the expertise of wellness visionaries and thought leaders, each week we will bring it back to basics and provide you with the tools meant to empower you to thrive emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So together, let's ditch the mean girl, you can't sit with us vibes, grab your favorite yoga pants, and start to find your uniquely alchemized life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Alchemized Life podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, this is going to be a good first. We have Justin Michael Williams on the podcast today, and it's so funny because he's so talented in so many different ways. He's a singer and songwriter and also a meditation teacher, a speaker, and is just like an overall badass and so inspiring to me. Um, but I realized as I was opening up GarageBand, I think I channeled Justin a little bit because I opened it up and started recording. And rather than talking into the microphone, I just started singing and it was really fun and also like slightly embarrassing because I'm a little tone deaf. But uh, nonetheless, I enjoyed myself and enjoyed releasing and tapping into creativity in a way that is different than I usually do. And so I think that this is a really beautiful lead in to start to express a little bit of what I've been experiencing over the past couple of weeks since I got back from Costa Rica. Um, I have massively slowed down and it's been a really beautiful practice in surrendering and letting go and letting God step in. Um, My faith has been increasing every single minute, every single second of every day this year. And it's been really incredible to watch my beliefs and my story around busyness and work and meaning and value start to shift before my eyes all just by having more faith, tapping into the practices that I teach and share with my clients as well as you guys and really starting to walk the walk even more so than I have in the past few years since I started working within the wellness space, teaching yoga, meditation, launching the podcast, mentoring. It's really cool to get to a point where you really, really, really dive into the work that you share. And I'm sure a lot of you can resonate with this, whether you're bloggers or coaches or have podcasts of your own. There comes a time when we really need to take the advice that we give to our audience. And I think it's an ebb and flow for sure of going to sleep and reawakening and going to sleep and reawakening. And every single time that you awaken, you get stronger at holding the energy and the frequency of that which you are moving into and sharing with the world. And at this point, I 
feel so deeply connected to this work and these practices and know with such certainty how powerful they are when you work with them. And so this might sound a little esoteric, but I'm really talking about journaling and introspection and meditation and slowing down and tapping into the divine feminine energy that is so powerful. And later this week, we have a solo episode and I'm going to be diving more into my journey of moving from the masculine into the feminine and the balance between the two and how it has impacted my life and not just my um, career, but my relationships as well. And this energy that I've really been playing with over the past couple of weeks since getting back from Costa Rica and the energy that I am really looking to continue whittling, I guess, and honing in on over the coming weeks of December and especially in the new year. So I'm really excited to continue talking with you guys about it. I'm really excited to not necessarily launch, but find this new stage of myself as we enter the new world and offer such a powerful energetic transmutation through the podcast, through my one-on-one work, through the in-person experiences, and really just take everything that I've learned and collected over the past year, multiple years, and put it into action to not only change my own life and my own relationships, but also your lives too. Like that's, that's why I do this work. It's not just selfish for me to have a fucking awesome life, but it's also selfless for you guys to have a fucking awesome life um, and to awaken and inspire you to know that you are fully capable of accessing that which you wish to access, of stepping into the energy that is in alignment with your best and highest self and of really transmuting all of your life, your stories, your experiences, your opportunities into this beautiful golden gift that you can bring into the world. So with that being said, on the topic of transmutation, I am hosting a VIP immersion in Santa Barbara this January 25th through the 26th at the Hotel Californian, which is the most beautiful hotel ever if I do say so myself. And why I'm really excited for this VIP immersion is that it is a mastermind of sorts and an opportunity to set the stage for 2020 being the most kick-ass and abundant year yet. And the beauty of this retreat is that I really wanted to create a relaxed environment where we are able to tap into that divine feminine energy, but also play with the masculine energy of getting into our logical and setting a tone for the year, looking at the ways in which we can strategize to reach all of our goals, whether they be income goals, relationship goals, a certain level of client, whatever it might be, really taking the time to strategize, but then also be playful and celebratory and honor ourselves and honor the different aspects of ourselves that really make us who we are. And I had a really beautiful conversation with one of my mentees earlier today about her idea of perfectionism. And I've been playing around with this energy on my own as far as our idea, especially for those of us in the wellness space or personal development and spirituality, that we think that all of our beliefs that we have are something that need to be changed and shifted and up-leveled or elevated. And while yes, there are absolutely beliefs that are not necessarily in support of 
our highest self and the vision that we want to bring into the world, there are a lot of things that come from your upbringing and your conditioning that you can embrace and look at as an actual gift. So for example, when I was talking to my mentee, she said, you know, I worry about perfectionism. I'm a perfectionist. Sometimes I just don't get anything out at all because I want it to be perfect. And I wanted her and invited her to reframe her relationship to her perfectionism and actually embrace it as a pretty kick-ass trait. How cool that you have such a high caliber of standard and quality. How cool, because that is what makes you stand out from the rest. That's what makes your work top-notch, next level. That's what attracts people to you. It's because you have this higher caliber of work. And this isn't to say that some qualities such as perfectionism, or for me, for example, I freaking love change and I pivot very quickly. It doesn't mean that all of that is good. There is a fine line between perfectionism being supportive and then perfectionism being unsupportive and actually turning into resistance and ego. So I can't tell you exactly how to find that line. I think we dance along it and find it. And sometimes we step a little bit too far and have to reel ourselves back in or it prevents us from taking any steps at all. And we have to let go of some of the qualities that are potentially harmful or unsupportive of our highest self. But it is an invitation to embrace the imperfections or the stories that maybe have been told by society that deem some of your qualities as something that needs to be fixed or something that needs to be shifted. And instead, look at it as a beautiful, unique trait that has allowed you to get as far as you have gotten in life. And look at it as an opportunity to work with that energy versus shut it down completely or try and change it or feel guilty for operating in a certain way. So... With that being said, 2020 VIP immersion, it's going to be off the hook. I cannot wait. It's January 25th through the 26th. And let me tell you a couple details about the retreat before we hop into the episode with Justin. So again, it's January 25th through the 26th at Hotel Californian. You can either book a double room or single occupancy. If you are booking with a friend, you get a discount. If you're booking on your own, I will match you with a soul sister who is going to support you and cheer you along throughout the weekend and also be someone that will be your support throughout the rest of the year and lifetime because that's how beautiful retreat containers are. I mean, in Costa Rica, it was so cool to see the friendships that were formed um, with myself and then the other girls. Shout out to Laura. I love you. (laughs) Um, But anyways, so double or single occupancy is available. Within the weekend experience, you will have three different workshops. So one is going to be a hands-on workshop on strategizing for 2020. This is again, where we get to play with our masculine energy. The other workshop is on money and dropping money struggles. And the last workshop is on fear and moving through resistance and ego. So really, really powerful containers that we're going to be creating throughout the weekend. Um, It's going to be a much intimate, much smaller and intimate group than my larger retreats are. There's only 10 spots available um, and half of those are already taken. So if you are feeling called to come on this experience, I would absolutely love to have you there. And there are um, There's a link in the show notes for more details. And I'm really excited because I'm going to be offering through the rest of this week, $500 off your retreat experience. So I did this for Black Friday and it was a huge hit. And honestly, it 
discounts the retreat so much, which is really amazing um, and makes it super accessible because not only are you getting access to those three workshops, but you're also getting a hosted dinner with me and the other girls. There's going to be a hosted brunch as well and a complimentary 60 minute massage or facial at the spa at Hotel Californian, which is absolutely incredible. It's all Moroccan style and really, really beautiful. Um, Again, this is like one of my favorite places on the planet and it's such a beautiful container for really relaxing and leaning into our femininity while also allowing ourselves to be creative and strategize for the year ahead. So again, link is in the show notes with all of the details. There are only a few spots left. So if you are feeling the pull to come, please come and know that there are payment plans available as well. And we have incredible sponsors that are joining us for the weekend, including Spiritual Gangster, Four Sigmatic, Liquid IV, Skin Owl, and so many more. So it's going to be really, really fun. Um, I can't wait. And I'm so grateful for all of the sponsors that we have on board. And if you came on my Costa Rica retreat, you know that I spoiled the hell out of each and every one of you girls that came. And I just, my love language is gift giving. So anyways, (laughs) I'm really excited. Link is in the show notes. If you have any questions, you can also send me a DM on Instagram. And don't forget that I have a solo episode coming out this Thursday. So make sure to tune in and I'll be talking all about feminine energy and my journey of balancing the masculine and feminine in all areas of my life. So let's get into today's episode with Justin Michael Williams. His Instagram is at WeJustWill, and he is a dynamic speaker, meditation teacher, top 20 charting musician, and vocal activist fighting for change while helping people wake the fuck up to their purpose and step into their lives they were born to lead. He is incredible, you guys. He has over a decade of experience in mindfulness, meditation, and yoga, and he's been featured in Yoga Journal, facilitated workshops, and delivered keynotes at global events, including Wanderlust and South by Southwest. He's shared the stage with renowned pioneers in personal transformation like Deepak Chopra and has used his skills and talents to reach and influence thousands in over 40 world countries. He's releasing a book in February and I could not be more excited to talk to him about his book um, and the tour that he's doing across the country, bringing his book into high schools and colleges and giving his books away for free. It's really, really powerful work what he's doing. And the conversation that I had with Justin, Justin, if you're listening, hi, I love you, just inspired me so much and left me feeling so connected and just really awakened this part of me that knew that I was craving these deep connections, which is funny because I'm a podcast host. So I get to have deep connections and conversations all the time, but having these conversations outside of just the podcast too. And so I hope that this conversation inspires you. If you have a moment, wherever you're listening, if you could leave a five-star review with a written review, that would mean the world to me. And and to sweeten the deal, I know there's a lot of calls to action in this intro, but I am giving away one food sensitivity test to Everlywell to someone who leaves a review over the next week. Yes, this is the test that I've been talking about throughout the past couple of months. I fucking love Everly Well. It's an amazing, amazing at-home lab test that you take at home, obviously, send in, and then you get to see all of your food sensitivities on a scale. So it's really, really cool. I've taken it multiple times. You guys have to take it. Um, and I'm giving away one Everly Well at-home lab test for the food sensitivities for someone who leaves a review from today all the way to Sunday. All you have to do is take a second to pause, leave the five-star review and leave a written review in order to be qualified to win this Everly Well and leave your Instagram handle in the, um, in the 
review as well so I can see and look you up online. Not look you up to choose, but you know what I mean. (laughs) So I can announce you on Instagram. All right, guys, I've been talking too long. Again, multiple things just to recap real quick. VIP Immersion 2020 happening January 25th through the 26th is in the show notes. All of our sponsors are in the show notes. All of the details on Justin Michael Williams are in the show notes. And if you take a moment to pause, leave a written review, five-star review, adding your Instagram handle, you will be entered over the next week to win an Everly Well at-home food sensitivity test. All right, my friends, I've talked too much. Let's jump into today's episode with Justin Michael Williams. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Alchemized Life podcast. I feel so honored today to be sitting across from Justin Michael Williams. I, like I said, have had a pretty crazy week as far as really awakening to a lot of truths that I know for myself. And I don't think that there's anyone else that I'd rather be sitting across from right now to explore all of these topics. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Mm, It's an honor. It really is an honor. I'm so excited to jump into this conversation with you and with everybody listening. Me too. (laughs) Me too. So just for those that maybe have never heard your name, have not um, taken a class with you or experienced your podcast or experienced your amazing singing voice and your (laughs) album. Can you just share a little bit about yourself and how you came to be this wonderful, vibrant being that you are? Mm, Thank you. I, I, you know, it's really interesting when people look at me and they go and I tell them like, oh, I'm a musician. They go, Okay, that makes sense because they see this like gay black dude who's pretty stylish and they and they're like very got stylish. It. <laughs> they go, they go, got it. And then I say, and I'm also a meditation teacher. And they usually go, hmm? You know what I mean? Like, how? What? Like, or really if they're what they're really thinking is like, you don't look like a meditation teacher. Mm. You know what I mean? And um, I think the what I want to share with you right now is that like this practice of mindfulness and meditation and really any of the practices that help us really cultivate a deep relationship with our inner self totally changed and transformed my whole life. I grew up in a home with gunshot holes outside of my bedroom window, not unlike, you know, a lot of the trauma that we hear about that a lot of our youth and young adults of color are facing today. And and as I was growing up, I started having all the things happening to me on the outside that looked like success, right? So I ended up like getting a full ride scholarship to go to UCLA for academics. Like, cool, got that. I get to school. I'm getting good grades. I'm doing this. I get a good job. I, you know, app offers and all these things. And what was happening was I was like, okay, I'm accomplishing all these things that I thought I was supposed to be accomplishing to get out of that circumstance that I grew up in. But internally, I feel like I'm still in it. Like internally, nothing's changing. I actually feel like crap inside, even though I have all this success outside. And that specific thing right there is what turned me into mindfulness, turned me towards mindfulness and meditation and and inner inquiry. And since then, I've kind of really become a self-help junkie, you know? And so people always ask me like, what do you do? You know, like, do you do music? Or are you a teacher? Or are you a this? And I, and what I actually tell people is, especially millennials, like people listening, it's so hard for us to define ourselves as a noun, right? Like if we just say like, I'm a teacher or I'm a singer or I'm a this, that doesn't define like what our purpose really is. And I I like to think of our purposes more as uh, like verbs, Mm. you know? And so when I tell people like, what do I do? I just tell them, 
I work at this intersection of music and mindfulness and social justice. And I use my voice in all of its ways to help empower people to live their dreams and accomplish the things that they thought were impossible. So that's my yeah. little story of how, how I got here. I, I, lo- I love um, the idea of you know shifting our purpose from a noun to a verb. I think you said this on Shannon's podcast, but your purpose is not your job title. Yeah. And that resonated with me so deeply because it's very similar to you. I, you know, went through, you know, I didn't do that great in school, but I did (laughs) get my way into some really prestigious companies where Mm -hmm. I was at 20 years old, you know, making money that I never thought would be possible for myself. And I still felt so empty and as if there was this void inside of me. And it wasn't the money that fixed it. It wasn't the job title that fixed it. It wasn't until I woke up to the knowing and the inner no- the inner knowing and intuition that that was never going to be enough and that I started becoming a self uh, self help junkie yeah. and like exploring <laughs> and just being curious with it all it yeah. took that though so what was the awakening moment for you where you recognized that that wasn't where your life was meant to be going mm, i think this is so good and you know we all have uh, what's so beautiful is we all have these moments. And we all have these moments where we realize something's out of alignment or that success doesn't equate to happiness or joy. And, and I think what's so beautiful is like you turn towards it. And a lot of people, um, or some people I feel like have the courage to turn towards it, but some people just keep pushing it away, mm-hmm. you know, and we keep pushing it away. And I have to say, I pushed it away, Oh, same. you know, yeah. pushed it down, like down, down, down. And we get so much practice at pushing stuff away, you know, but ultimately what happens when you push stuff down for too long, it just seeps out in all these other areas of your life where it doesn't belong. And so for me, you know, there was, there was a lot of moments, but I think I'll give you kind of like one of the defining ones, if that would be helpful that I didn't actually talk about on, on Shannon's podcast, I don't think. So it was, I think I was 21 and uh, which is a lot longer ago than it looks because <laughs> you know, the black don't crack. I'm just kidding. Like six months ago. <laughs> yeah, no. It's so funny because a lot of people were like, how old are you, 23? I'm like, uh, plus 10. You know what I mean? Like not. So anyway, yeah, but thanks, you know? And um, so I went to this party. I, I got invited to this party and, and I go and it was a party of somebody who I didn't know, had never even met this person at all. But one of my good friends invited me to go to this party. And like, when you go to a party, you either do it like one of two ways when you don't know people, you either go and you're like the life of the party or you go and you kind of like sit off in the corner. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a total introverted extrovert. So yeah, so I like just what I had when I used to drink, I had my glass of wine and I like was sitting off in the corner and this older man comes and sits next to me. So I want you to picture like 60 plus year old white guy sitting next to me in a chair. And then, you know, me sitting there like 21 year old black dude. He's like, hey, young man, like, how was your day? And I was like, good. He's like, what did you do today? And that day I had actually gone to a meditation workshop. And the total honest truth is I went and it just didn't feel right for me. I was like, I don't know what all these people are talking about. I'm just like hungry. And I'm like, I can't get my mind to stop thinking. And, you know, my brain is just going crazy. And like, I can't wait to get out of here and I'm fidgety. So I tell him, I said, hey, I went to this meditation workshop today, but I didn't really like it. And so then I lean in towards him and I said, have you ever heard about meditation? So you have to remember, this is like a decade ago. So this what like Oprah didn't have a meditation challenge. Like it wasn't really in the zeitgeist, you know, the way it is today. And uh, 
So what was really funny is I lean in, I ask him, have you ever heard about meditation? And little did I know I was sitting next to like one of the world's most renowned meditation teachers named Lauren Roche. He's written the Radiant Sutras, Meditation Made Easy. He's literally like (laughs) done all the research, like when they like hook you up in a lab to like study your brain in the 60s and the 70s. He's done all this stuff. And then I just imagine my little ass like leaning in, like, have you ever heard about meditation? (laughs) You know what I mean? So what happened that day is... um. He, we talk and he's like, well, why are you interested in meditation? And he didn't let me on to who he was. In that moment, he didn't tell me he was a teacher, nothing. He just started asking questions. And I started telling him about my trauma. I started telling him that I actually had an eating disorder in college where I weighed the, so right now I weigh about 165 pounds. I was the same height in college, but I weighed 115 at my lowest. I was not okay, you know? And I tell him about all these things. And he just writes his number and his name on a piece of paper, hands it to me. He's like, if you want to learn to meditate, meet me at the end of Ocean Park Boulevard in Santa Monica tomorrow at 9.45. And it was funny because I grabbed the thing and he was like looking at me with like those like yoga eyes, which I'm all about now. But like back then, like we're doing it. We're like locked in. But like back then I was like not there yet. I'm like, why is he looking (laughs) in my soul? You know what I mean? And so, and so he... I just first thought he was trying to pick me up. I thought he was flirting with me. I'm like, I just spilled my soul to this man. And he's like trying to give me his number. And then one of my friends who invited me to the party said, do you know who that is? He's like one of the world's most famous yoga teachers. So obviously I went and my life changed forever that day. That was the big changing point. And he initiated me that day into this practice that it gave me access to a deeper part of myself that I didn't even know was there. And for people who've grown up with any kind of struggle, right? Or overcoming any kind of oppression or trauma or anything, like when you get access to not just know something else is possible for you, but to believe it is for you, that is huge. You know, that belief in yourself is huge. And I accessed that that day. And basically what he said to me after that practice is he just said, if you like this after two weeks, I want you to try this every day for two weeks and check in with me every day. And if you like this, I'll teach you everything I know. And I'm like, what? You know, and again, I'm thinking like, how much? You know, like why? And he's like, no, not for any money. Like, I just want to give this to you. And I'm like, why me? And he just said, I've never seen someone who looked like you, who's gone through what you've gone through, interested in this practice. And one day there's gonna be people out there in the world who need to hear your voice and not mine. Mm. People who need to see you and not me teaching. People who need somebody talking to them who've gone through what they've gone through. So, you know, fast forward and I am mentored with Lauren for about three years, helped him build his teacher training program. And like, we worked super closely together and and the rest is history. And now, you know, this book coming out, which is amazing, which I would have never guessed. And it's just been fantastic and amazing. Uh, Lots of ups and downs, you know, but if I'm just being real, it's not all like tiptoeing through the tulips every day, (laughs) but it's, you know, it's been an incredible journey of growth. Yeah. Wow. That, I mean, like my whole body is lit up right now. I think that it's so powerful and, you know, it's so necessary because there are so many people that look like me that are able to sit here and say, oh, you know, like close your eyes, take some deep breaths and start to like imagine and believe into and manifest X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. But that's not possible for everybody that's been through experiences where they've been 
severely marginalized. And I think that the more inclusive that we can be in the wellness industry by looking at the language that we use, the ways in which we teach is really important for expanding this reach. Because I think I can go and say that you and I are both on the same page where we want to make these practices accessible. Absolutely. And there's so many people that want to make these practices accessible, but don't have the right vernacular and understanding of how to reach different groups of people. Yeah. And you know, I think one of the most powerful things that's happening right now is we're starting to ask, some of us are starting to ask a better question. And I think when people were started talking about bringing diversity into wellness and diversity into the, you know, the healing space, the first question people ask usually is how do we get more black people or gay people or Latino people or LGBTQ plus people like here? How do we get Mm -hmm. them to our center? How do we get them to our classes? How do we get them to these places? And while I think that has good intentions, I don't think it's actually the most important question. Yeah. The the question really is, how do we take this content that has changed our life and put it into their context? Mm. And that's what has to be happening right now. And that's been my big mission is, okay, like I'm somebody who is blessed and so lucky to have gotten a full ride scholarship to go to UCLA in Los Angeles in one of the most beautiful cities in the world. So I had disposable income and also somebody who is I, I'm biracial. And so growing up in my home, I was actually like, so my mom and dad are divorced. Dad's black. My mom is Persian, but my mom is adopted into an Italian family. So follow this, okay? <laughs> Dad's black, mom Persian, all my family is Italian. So in my own home, I was usually the only black person in the room. And so I have this really interesting upbringing of growing up listening to old white guys talk because that's what my grandpa looked like, mm-hmm. you know, and and being the only black person in the room. And so when I got to the spiritual community, which 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when I dove in was, I was always the only black person in the room, was all white. And I was comfortable because it was kind of like, oh, this is how, this is like how I grew up, yeah. you know, but everybody wouldn't be comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, I think one of the things that we have to do is just learn how to apply these tools to a different context. Because truth be told, most of the books, most of everything that's out there when it comes to wellness and mindfulness and all this kind of stuff is written by mostly white men, first of all, men, and then second by white women. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's time for like some more inclusive voices that yeah. bring in new perspectives and new yeah. dimensions. And, and that's really what my mission, you know, is all about. One of the greatest things you can do for yourself as a business owner or creative is be open and receptive to learning new things. This has always been a strong suit of mine coming from startup culture and having to learn how to wear many hats. Since launching my business, it's really been important for me to know the ins and outs of everything, including podcast production, video editing, and paid marketing. Like many of you, I had heard of Skillshare on various podcasts. It's without a doubt the go-to for creatives and anyone looking to learn in an easy and accessible way. I started using Skillshare a few months ago when I took over editing the podcast for a bit, as well as launching my YouTube channel. And honestly, I cannot say enough good things about their library of classes. First of all, you can get super specific with what it is that you're looking for. 
For example, I wanted to learn how to make a fancy intro to my YouTube videos and outro with all of my social media handles. They had a series of classes exactly for that. And each video was about six to 12 minutes long, making it really, really easy to consume and follow along. Second, it meets you where you're at. There are advanced videos and classes and also tons of beginner content as well. You can literally find anything on Skillshare and I am so impressed by all that they offer. I know if I ever need to learn how to do something, whether it be graphic design, marketing, or anything business related, there will be a class for me to take. As we enter the new year, I'm sure so many of you are looking to start something new. Do not let I don't know stop you from going after your dreams and your passions. Instead, empower yourself through knowledge and try Skillshare like me and millions of other students. So consider this an early Christmas present for me. Get two free months of Skillshare when you sign up at Skillshare.com forward slash Alchemized. Yep, you can literally start now and learn through the end of the year and beginning of the next year because you're getting two free months of Skillshare when you visit Skillshare.com forward slash Alchemized. I'll link it in the show notes too, but for those of you that are already taking notes and typing it in, it's Skillshare.com forward slash Alchemized. And on the topic of presents, I know around this time of year, we all start scrambling to pick out presents for our loved ones. So in the spirit of keeping you stress-free, I'll let you in on my go-to stocking stuffer for virtually everyone in my life. Hello, native deodorant. I know, deodorant might send a message like, hey man, you stink. But in reality, I just care so much about my loved ones and want to make sure their pits are pure and free of aluminum and parabens. I'm a modern day Santa Claus, am I right? The reality of it is native deodorant is a godsend. Plus they have a new candy cane scent for the holiday. So it's actually a super cute and practical gift that everyone will actually use because it works. You don't have to sacrifice smell or sweat. So tell your boyfriend or your partner that you've massively upgraded their BO situation with your super thoughtful gift from native. So Native has over 9,000 five-star reviews and has been featured on the Today Show, Refinery29, Pop Sugar, and Elle magazine. So you know that they are doing something right. Plus, it's what I schmear on my underarms daily, and I can attest to smelling beautiful from sunrise to sundown. Grab your stick at nativedeodorant.com and use the code ALCHEMIZED at checkout for 20% off of your order. It really does make a wonderful gift, you guys. Again, that's nativedeodorant.com and the code is alchemized for 20% off of your order. Happy holidays. Yeah, and we're going to, of course, talk about so many other things. But since we are on the topic, I just want to talk about your book for a little bit and your tour because I think that it's so powerful. So tell us all about your book. Thank you. No, the book has been, listen, oh my God, if I... If somebody would have, if I would have went to a psychic or like a tarot card reader like three years ago and they said, you're going to write a book, I would have said, give me my money back. You're yeah. lying. Like <laughs> I had no idea that, that this was coming. It's been one of the most fulfilling journeys of my life. It's been so incredible. I've never felt more on purpose or on mission. And the reason is because kind of what we were talking about, you know, my book is called Stay Woke, A Meditation Guide for the Rest of Us. And it brings this practice of mindfulness and meditation that has changed my life like and and the lives of thousands of people around the world who I've who I've taught now taught in either online or in person in over 40 countries you know around the world and it's something that i think a lot of people have been shut out of for many different reasons and like how do you tell a busy mom who is single and has three kids and is working two jobs like oh just like close your eyes for 20 minutes in the morning mm-hmm. 
Like you just don't, like there's another way, you know? And so this practice brings mindfulness and meditation into our very, the very real struggles that we're facing in our lives. And in an era of the resistance and in Me Too and Black Lives Matter and the environment with what's going on, we have to ask ourselves, how do we use these practices to do more than just relax? Like meditation for, you know, the longest time now in the West, at least people have been looking at it as like, oh, how do I relax and be more Zen and be more calm? Mm -hmm. But like meditation is not about relaxing and being calm. It's about awareness. And like sometimes awareness calls us to action, Mm -hmm. to take action in our lives, to take action in our communities, to take action for the planet. And so this book is really not about how do you meditate to be calm? It's about how do you meditate to get shit done in your life and the shit that matters. And, And so- yeah, it's just, it's the biggest blessing. And I'm so excited it comes out on February 11th. And uh, it's up for pre-order and all that stuff right now. And uh, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, you know, I think for me, where I started really loving meditation is when I was able to tap into that, like, never-ending creative source Mm -hmm. of inspiration where I was able to find enough stillness to observe what was coming up, but then also discern what was either fear or ego or continuing repetitive thoughts about, you know, something that is totally just like self-driven versus service-driven to see that all, yeah. but then to also hear my intuition come through yes. and say, this is how I get to be of service. These are the things that like give me that full body. Yes. Where I just know in my heart and my soul that like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. The relaxation, the stress relief. That's like automatic. Great, yeah. But, like I go to automatic. a yoga class to do that, you know? Yeah. So with that being said, self versus service, this mm-hmm. is one of the big topics that I wanted to talk to you about, because I think that you can just gauge it so eloquently and really share from a perspective of one, the intuition, but being connected to spirit too. And then also, like you said, just taking action. So can you just share a little bit what you mean when you say self versus service? Yeah. So this uh, for me has been the biggest key in my life to really living my purpose fully. And I think when people really get this, and I mean, use it as the mantra and the mission for every single thing that you choose to do is when we stop asking what's in it for me and ask, how can I serve? And we stop asking, uh, how do I get ahead and ask, how can I be a vessel? How can I use my gifts and my talents and my skills to benefit all beings? And and not in this like, woo woo, all beings, but really like everyone you come in contact Mm -hmm. with, like, how do we be of service? And that doesn't mean some people, when they hear me say that, they think that I am saying like, oh, you have to open a nonprofit or you have to like give away all your work for free. That's not what I mean at all. You know, there's nothing spiritual about being broke, like, you know, at all. And, but it really is about filtering our actions and our choices and and shifting it away from these ego-based desires and and asking ourselves how do i serve what would be the best use of who i am and what i love and and what i enjoy doing for my profession and in my hobbies to make sure that i'm creating something that actually benefits humanity that makes this world better not just checks off my list of like, oh, I feel famous or, oh, I feel like I got a lot of followers or, oh, this is what I think I should be doing to get ahead. But how do we really come from this place of service? And I think we can apply that across all domains of our lives. Mm -hmm. We can look at our relationships, our romantic and otherwise, and our family like that. Like, how do I serve? You know, and we can look at our passions and our jobs really easily that way. 
and and the way those the ways that we use our money and what we choose to eat mm-hmm. you know it's like we're making a choice every day to either to be in service of something yeah we're be, we're always in service of something yeah so we're either in service of the growth and the the greater good of humanity or we're in service of its demise mm-hmm. one or the other there's no in between yeah you know so and and that doesn't mean that we don't have boundaries right and that we don't protect ourselves because when i when i ask that question it's like sometimes i like to say uh and one of my teachers brenda via taught me this she said always just ask how can i serve and then when you get the answer say what's in the highest good for all and when you say for all that includes yourself mm-hmm. so if you doing something might help everybody but also might do something negative to you then maybe you don't you know, your different right. scenarios. Maybe you don't because you want this to be in the highest good for you and everyone else as well. Right. So does absolutely. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it goes back to, you know, what we were kind of talking about before we got on air of just disassociating from the material gain and what you think, like the smoke and mirrors of these oh, yeah. big cities and these big digital platforms that tell us that this is the way to be happy. This is the way to be fulfilled. But from my own experience, I know that every single time that I try to keep up or run this race, I find myself depleted, disconnected, mm-hmm. and unfulfilled. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that so fully. And, and you know, one thing I'll tell you is, so before I was diving, like when I first met Lauren and I was coming out of school, so I, I majored in marketing at UCLA and mm-hmm. I started a marketing business. And that was like the first incarnation of Justin, you know, in, that was as a me professional. Too. You too. I was okay. in marketing, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like marketing world. And uh, a lot of my marketing work was in the yoga world. And mm. so I have seen the bank accounts and the back end businesses of, I'll just say almost every single well-known yoga teacher you can think of. At, at that point, like in the five years that I was doing that, I worked with I think like over like 180 teachers. And what I'll tell you is this. People, some people that have hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers have two people in their class, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and some people that have no Instagram at all, you know, are making huge impacts on the world. And I think it's really important for us to really pay attention to when we're talking about being of service. Remember, I was on my podcast, I had done an interview with this uh, amazing activist and author named Darnell Moore. And he said, he thinks one of the biggest problems that's happening right now with people and the reason why a lot of our um, social justice and healing justice issues are not moving forward is because people think that they need to be a brand to make an impact. Mm-hmm. And people are focusing more on their online brand and thinking that posting something is actually making an, a, an impact in the world. And it's not. It's like you can almost fool yourself into thinking that you're an activist or you're making an impact on the world just because you're sharing something. And yes, while sharing is important and it's a way that we're getting information out, like what you're doing on the ground with people and people's real lives mm-hmm. is what actually makes a difference. And a lot of us aren't doing that as yeah. much because we're spending so much time and energy and effort to get those likes. Yeah, you know, absolutely. If someone is listening that does have a huge following that only has, you know, two two people in their class or something like that. 
you're still making an impact on those people. On those people. Too. Yes. Yeah, yes. But yes, instead yes. of, I think in, the focus shouldn't be on how can I create this incredible Instagram story or this blog post, but how can I make sure that those that are in my actual life that I can touch and feel yeah. are able to receive that same message that yeah. I want to be sharing online too? It's, yeah. I don't think it's a, it's an or type of no, thing. No, not at all. And. Yeah. And I, thank you. I'm so glad you said that because I don't want to create this binary kind of idea that, oh, having a lot of Instagram followers is bad and mm-hmm. nothing like that. Cause it's not, it's just, you really want to ask yourself, go to that question. How can I serve? Mm-hmm. How am I really of service? And, and when you ask that question, sometimes it's not what you thought it was supposed to look like, yeah. right? Like you think you might think being of service means like, oh, I need to have a lot of Instagram followers and I need to have this and that. But really what the universe's vision for your life is looks a little bit different, Mm -hmm. you know? And I had to really open up to this in my own way. I'll tell you like, personally, I don't know that I've ever actually shared it this way publicly, but like I had always thought that the way that my life was going to go, especially as I started doing music was that oh, it was like, okay, I'm going to put out this album. It's going to do really well because I know about marketing and then I'm going to get a record deal and then I'm going to be famous and then I'm going to, you know, the whole thing of like, and I have to build a lot of followers and I'm going to go on tour. And I did all those things. I built followers. I put out an album. It charted in the top 20. All, all these things happen. But then like nothing happened. Yeah. And I was like, what? Wait, what? That's not the way the story's supposed to go. And I had to really then dive in and ask myself like, okay, what is the vision for my life that the universe has? What is the flow that I'm supposed to be in? Oprah just did this amazing thing. She was at Tyler Perry's studio opening in Atlanta and somebody asked Oprah on the red carpet or the white carpet or whatever it was, they said, "Uh, Oprah, do you have a vision? Do you have a dream for your life? And then somebody else walked up to her and said, oh, I want to hear, I want to hear what Oprah's dream is. (laughs) And Oprah looked this interviewer dead in the eyes and she said, that's not how it works. She said, I live in God's dream for my life. I don't create the dream. I live in God's dream for my life. And all I have to do is harness myself to be able to fulfill that dream. Mm. And so when our ego gets in the way, we think, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be. Again, nouns, right? Versus what is it that I am doing to be of service? And how do I use my gifts and skills? And sometimes you have to let that part of you die that thinks it was supposed to look one way or that you were supposed to be one noun. So once I let it go, once I said, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop this idea of, for now, of, of worrying about you know being an artist in the classic way of a musical artist. Now, it's crazy. Like I'm getting ready to go on this book tour and I'm putting out an album to go with the book and I'm going to be in front of thousands of students around the world, around the US at least. We just booked one high school that's going to have 3,500 students in an auditorium, right? And at these events, guess what I'm doing? Teaching and singing. So now I'm doing my biggest concerts yet because I'm writing a book and serving the community, not because I tried to go to a big stage and get a record deal and do all that stuff. And I'm not putting any stuff down. I'd love a record deal one day, but like it just, it becomes easier when you surrender and allow it to look the way the universe wants and you find that flow instead of you mm-hmm. trying to force it the way you thought it was supposed to yeah. be. Did that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Well, because okay. I think what it is, is dropping the how. You can still have these dreams and desires. Absolutely. But dropping the how and also checking in with yourself and asking, is this self-serving yeah. or is this for the greater good of all? Yeah. And the best answer is both. 
right? Yeah. Like self-serving. It's not saying like your ego is, you know, I don't believe like a, an ego is bad, like an unchecked ego is bad, yeah. you know, but like you need a strong ego to be out in the world mm-hmm. serving people. You need, you need to be confident and you mm-hmm. need to be, you know, there is healthy ego, but um, I think the best dreams they serve ourselves because we feel creatively fulfilled and they serve others mm-hmm. at the same time. And I think when we're checking both of those boxes, we feel like we're in the, the highest alignment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think one of the things that I have struggled with, and I don't think I've really shared this on the podcast. Look at us. Oh, we're just like, we're us. going into this, this <laughs> intimate moment. Is being disillusioned by mm. what I believe is good for me and what is authentically me. You know, I think that it's so easy for me to mold myself and have this like chameleon-esque behavior around people that I title as cool. And I think that a lot of people struggle with that. I mean, I know that a lot of people struggle with that. So do you have any advice or words to share on understanding what is authentically you and not you know, as we were kind of saying before we hopped on, like be authentic, but like, what is true? What is like inherently you? Yeah. This is so real. I, you know, what's your sign? Scorpio. You're a Scorpio. Okay. I'm a Pisces. So I was asking that because, um, well, anyway, I, I, I relate to this so much and I, I used to pride myself in being a chameleon. I used to, oh, I'm such a chameleon. I can fit in anywhere. You know what I mean? But that's a bad quality when you don't know where center is, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think what's happened for so many of us, and I know this has happened for me, is we've, a lot of us have grown up with so much practice being somebody else so that we can get approval and validation from our parents, from our teachers, from our friends or from community. And, you know, I think about, gosh, like, you know, me, when, when I was growing up, you know, I was, gay, but in the closet. So every day in my own home, in my own house, I got practice at faking it so that I could be loved and I could be accepted and validated. And then at school, faking it so I could be popular and accepted and validated. And like what you practice grows stronger, you know? And I, you know, I remember my dear friend, Shauna Shapiro says that all the time, what you practice grows stronger. And so I got 18 years of practicing being what everyone else wanted me to be so that I could be loved and validated and accepted. And, and then what happens is then people are saying, well, be authentic. And I'm like, well, who the hell's that? Yeah. Who, 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 who is Justin underneath? Who is Justin when there's no validation required, you know, and what does he want and what does he desire? And, you know, this is why a practice like meditation, I think is so important. And it's one of, I think, one of the greatest benefits of meditation that sometimes goes underlooked is we get to access the version of ourselves that's untouched, unscathed by all the bullshit we've carried over the years, and it gets set free. And we get in touch with our intuition. And, and you know, the I wish I could tell somebody, here's the steps that you need to take to, you know, be authentic. And if I was doing that, I would be totally inauthentic yeah. because I think that's one of the things that's like wrong with the world right now. It's like, here's 20 days, 21 days to like change your life. And then like that system just oppresses us more because 21 days pass, you think everyone else had this successful experience mm-hmm. and you haven't. So then you feel worse and you feel like you need more books and more challenges mm-hmm. and more podcasts and more this and more that to finally be like worthy and enough, you know? But really it's, it's a journey of deep inner inquiry 
and listening. And to listen, you need silence. And the the whispers of your soul, you know, I say them as the word whispers because they're not screaming at you. They're whispers. And we can only hear them when we get quiet enough to listen. And this is why I think a practice like meditation is so important. And what happens when we don't listen to the whispers? We know they get louder and louder and louder until they knock us over the head and we get into a crazy car accident or we get really sick or we get into something because we've been in dis-ease, in out, we've been out of alignment mm-hmm. with our real self. And so, you know, the what I'll say to people instead of giving like a here's my tip to find your authentic self is get quiet and listen. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the easiest things that you'll notice when you get quiet is to first recognize the things that feel out of alignment for you. That's oftentimes the easiest way to start this process mm-hmm. is what habits do I have that are out of alignment with who I actually really want to be? And what friends do I have that are out of alignment with who I want to be? And what thoughts about myself and the world do I have that are out of alignment with with who I really want to be? And then also that second part of the question, which is who I really want to be, like that can change and evolve as you learn and grow more about yourself. But you just start with where you are and keep kind of discerning and and filtering things out of your life until you get closer and closer to it. Yeah, I love that. And I think that I, it's funny because I wrote a blog post today kind of sharing all of my thoughts on this. And at the end of the blog post, I'm like, I don't have five steps for you or like Good. three ways to do this. And literally just like basically word vomiting onto the page right now. But one of the things that I want to share is reframing my list of inspiring people. I looked at my list because I create like a list of expanders that I'm like, mm, oh, these people make that. me believe that I can do whatever whatever I want to do. And I looked at the list again and I'm like, this is a really ego-driven list oh. all around like accomplishment and fame and when I sat down again, I was looking at like, who is uniquely themselves that really inspires me? That's not trying to promote or persuade this lustful behavior of buy this, do that, you know, even, you know, there's blatant, um, you know, hashtag ad or sponsored, but then there's also the nuanced, you know, oh, I'm going to go start working out at this gym because she goes there too. Or I'm going to start using these words because she's used them in their Instagram stories. You know, it can be blatant or it can be nuanced. But reframing the people that do not promote that type of empty empty pull versus the people that are promoting this fullness that, that really don't, make me feel like I want to be anything else but myself, but instead lean into the quirkiness that is me, the mm-hmm. contemplative nature that is me, the silliness that is me, um, that feels good, that feels true, that doesn't make me feel at the end of the day like I'm lacking something. Yeah. The, you know, the, gosh, this is so good. And I, I think I love, first of all, I'm, I'm using this idea. I'm totally going to do one of these lists and yeah. be careful that I'm not basing it off of, you know, all the fame and and smoke and mirrors. But what I love about what you just shared is this process is messy. Mm -hmm. It's messy, you know, like none of us know how to do this. You know, most of our parents weren't, were growing up telling us to like, learn how to be your authentic self. Like this is something that kids now are getting more of, I hope. But like for us, we, we don't know how to do it. We don't have a model, you know, and, and the process sometimes is messy and we fall off track. And what I find is that when we fall off track, it actually teaches us 
where center is. Mm -hmm. That's how we learn the best, you know, is when you do something and you're like, oh, that was not it. That was not truth. That was not an alignment. And then it shows you more clearly what alignment is. And, And the hope is if we're paying attention, if we have a mindfulness practice, and if we're being conscious, which I know, you know, all of your listeners are in this world of being conscious people, then we get better and better and faster and faster at finding our way back to center every time. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, you guys. So last week I did a bone broth cleanse and I got to say, I've got a love-hate relationship with not having my usual suspects of sugar, carbs, and coffee throughout the day. I missed it a lot, to be honest, but I do love doing a quarterly reset, then supplementing my diet the rest of the year with ritual vitamins. Bottom line, I don't get all the nutrients necessary for optimal health. Could I eat more leafy greens and salads? Probably, but I'm Vata and cold food isn't the best for my airy personality. (laughs) I make it easy on myself by taking ritual instead. So rituals, essentials have the nutrients most of us don't get enough of from food all in their clean, absorbable forms. And from D3 to omega-3, they're two easy-to-take capsules, don't throw shade. And what I mean by that is there are no shady additives or ingredients that can do more harm to your body than good. Have you tried Ritual yet? Now is your chance, babe. We've got the new year coming up and a new opportunity to love up on our bodies in the most efficient and impactful ways. Right now, Ritual is offering all of you 10% off of your first three months. Yes. Get the essentials for women just like me and fill in the gaps of your diet all by visiting ritual.com forward slash alchemized. Again, when you visit ritual.com forward slash alchemized, you'll get 10% off of your first three months. That's ritual.com forward slash alchemized. Enjoy, babes. Also to kind of piggyback on what you were saying earlier, I have noticed, well, one, I made a promise to myself to quit drinking this yes. week. And I saw on your Instagram a lovely photo of you at LIB. Mm-hmm. Um, I recognized that <laughs> <laughs> the stage in the background, I was like, damn, yeah. that was a fun weekend for me too. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about spirituality yeah. and um, one, keeping your channel clear, but also for those that maybe don't feel quite as connected, how to start to kind of establish that connection, that trust, that belief, that support in the universe, in God or whatever, um, whatever you believe in, whatever anyone believes in. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm so glad you brought up the drinking thing. So I'm going to start with this. Like I was never an alcoholic, never anything that like I drank like a normal person, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like going to a festival, you know, whatever. And I was talking to one of my mentors and I was getting ready to record my album. And she, so let me back up a little bit. So every New Year's, I always give up something and and I do it like an experiment with my life just to see what happens if I make this change. And I'm usually really, really good at committing to it. And so that year I had had this message coming to me to give up drinking. And it was so clear. Like I could hear it every time I sat down to meditate. It was like, give up drinking. And I just kept kind of asking like, why? Like, I don't even, I'm not even like a glass of wine at dinner kind of guy. Like, why do I need to give up drinking? It seems just silly. And so I gave it up for like a month and then I, and then my birthday's in February. And so then I just drank again. So fast forward a couple weeks later and I have this tarot card reading with amazing woman that I mentioned is a good friend of mine now named Brenda Via. And 
the first thing Brenda said when she got on the phone, I'm not even kidding. Like I, I said, hello. And she goes, Justin, your guides are here and they're telling me, what the f- are you doing drinking? <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, like what? You know? And, she, and I'm just, so, so she tells me, I'm like, but why? Like, why do I have to stop drinking? And she said, and this was the thing that got me. She said, you are giving birth to an entirely new life. You're putting out a new album. You need your creative energy flowing. And there's a reason why women don't drink when they're pregnant. Mm. And you're giving birth to a new life. And what drinking does for you is it creates static in your connection to spirit. And so what's being called of you right now is to prioritize your connection to spirit over anything else. And what would that mean if you made that the priority? And what I want to say here that's really important is that for some people, drinking is not toxic. It's not bad, you know? And and the way that I look at these things is you basically say, what is it that I want to create for my life? And who do I want to be in my life? That's really the question. Who do you want to be? Not really what do you want to do, but who do you want to be as a person, as, as, as your character and what you do and what you choose to engage with? And then you ask yourself, what habits do I have? that are out of alignment with that, that I want to become. And for me, it was very clear that my cloudiness and the haziness and the staying up late and the sexting and texting and making drunk decisions late at night sometimes was out of alignment and was creating static for me. And so I just decided to give up drinking, you know? And uh, at first I said, I'm going to do it for six months. And then six months passed and I felt so freaking amazing. I was like, I'm going to do six more. And then I did a year. And after the year... I said, okay, I'm going to drink. Like, I'm going to have a drink. And I had one whiskey ginger. You would have thought that I was chugging some something like Smirnoff raspberry oh, out of a God. bottle. I had one whiskey ginger. I was so wasted. And the next morning, I had like the worst hangover. I had a sty in my eye. It was like the universe oh, was like, God. just reminding you, Justin. Yeah. No, like the universe was like hammering that in. And so to really get to your question, the you know, and I think people probably get this, the essence of it is, If you are prioritizing your connection to your higher self, whatever you believe in, and asking yourself, what in my life pulls me out of alignment with this? What is it? What pulls me out? And you really listen, you'll know. Mm. People know. People, whoever's listening, they already know just listening right now what it is. And what is important is the commitment to release it. And when we release certain things like this, like I thought releasing drinking was just releasing drinking. But what it ended up causing was a domino effect of releasing a lot of the things that I used to think were fun. Because I would go out to these places that I used to have a lot of fun at. And now sober, I realized that those things were super boring and they weren't fun to me at all. They were only fun because I was drinking. And I had to let go of some friends who I realized our relationship was based upon, we were only good friends when we were tipsy, you know? And, And committing to the prioritization of your connection to spirit. And- that will strengthen your connection more than ever. Mm-hmm. You know, getting rid of the things. I'll say this. One of the things that I say in my book that I that I think is really important is um, doing practices like meditation and yoga and mindfulness and whatever, all gratitude, all these things that we do, they're great. But if we're doing them while we're still engaged in all these toxic habits, it's just like watering a garden full of weeds yeah. and expecting roses to bloom. You know, it's, it's, we're just watering the same, the same crap. And, and so in my book, we actually go through before I even teach people how to meditate, we go through this. How do you release the things that are getting in the way? Because if you don't have space for this new you, 
then how will it ever bloom in this garden that yeah. you're creating? Yeah, so. absolutely. I think that's really powerful. And one question I have for you um, on that note is the voice that comes up though in Ooh, those times where yeah. it's like, for me at least, it's like, oh, well, you can just have one. Like mm-hmm. one kombucha, hard kombucha is okay. And then, you know, that voice gets a little so drunk too. Kombucha was what was my hardest thing. It's I was so like, hard. I was like, well, I could just have one kombucha. It's yeah. not really that much oh alcohol. <laughs> Worst hangover too, because you're right. like loaded up on these probiotics. Yeah. You feel so sick. Yeah, the next and the morning. caffeine and whatever. Wait, so how long have you not been drinking? It's been like three days. Oh, you're you're like yeah, three, three days, days in. Okay, in. you're right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're right and here. And I did it. I did it like a year ago. Yeah. And did it for I think a month, and it was great, and I felt great. Um, and then it just. You know, it was the same thing. But why do I have to quit drinking? I'm not an alcoholic, you yep. know. But I can tell one based off of the really intense searing migraines, not even like hangovers, but migraines where I can't even lift my head off of a pillow. Oh. And just how cloudy and crappy I feel that I'm not supposed to be doing it. Your my body's body, already giving you the my response. My body has been telling me for a year not to do it. But yeah. then that voice inside my head is like, well, just have one. It's okay. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. And, and look, so this is the thing. The voices are going to come, yeah. right? They're going to come and they came for me, you know, the whole time. And with, with everything that I've ever given up, the voices are going to come. That's kind of the shadow side of it. Mm-hmm. And we go back to this question of, we go right back to this, how can I serve, right? And so when I said we're, we're choosing to serve one thing or the other, always, right? Mm-hmm. So when this voice comes up and says, you can just have one, and you ask that question, what's in the highest good? And how can I serve? And if being of service means staying connected to your spirit, then the choice that you make is to not listen to that voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're always going to be there, you know, all the time. And I think that people think that the voice, well, okay, so I'll be honest with you. It took about two years, a year and a half for me to finally like go out and like, not give a crap about drinking at all. Like really not want it. Mm. Like to go to a brunch and not want a mimosa. Like that took a long time, you know? And every once in a while, I was still going, I was like, oh, like I remember I was at the beach and I was in Hawaii and like everybody had their little cocktails. And I was like, oh, this would be so, it just seems like what I should have right now. Yeah. But so I get the bartender, like, can you make me a virgin strawberry daiquiri and like make it look exactly the same, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And, and so anyways, with whatever habit you're releasing and whatever it is that you're doing, you're going to have resistance. You're going to have the thing pushing against you. And this is the biggest key. I did a lot of research on the science behind habit building when I was writing my book. And one of the things that I talk about in there is, it's really interesting. So you know this whole thing that they said it takes 21 days to like make or break a habit? Yeah, it's total BS. Total BS. It's a myth. It literally has like no scientific quantifiable backing whatsoever. There's so many memes. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it came from this one book called Psycho-Cybernetics that uh, was written by Maxwell Maltz. And he was like a plastic surgeon. And he said something in the, exactly. And he said something in the book where he just said, um, he found that it takes people approximately or um, at a minimum 21 days to get used to their new face after they get plastic Mm -hmm. surgery done. And then he like reflected on his life and he said, yeah, and like kind of when I'm trying to get a new habit to stick, it takes about 21 days. So like, like things happen in our world, like all of our favorite self-help gurus like took that number and like capitalized on it. And, and it was like this long game of telephone that proves that if enough people with enough clout say something, people will think it's true, but it literally is not true. And so they did this amazing study 
And it was, uh, I think, Professor Philippa Lally was her name. And I can't remember which university she was at. But this amazing study on habit building. And they, what they found was that it takes anywhere between 18 and 254 days to form a new habit, depending on uh, what the habit is and what your motivations are behind mm -hmm. it. So obviously mm -hmm. saying, I'm going to drink a glass of water a day is a lot easier of a habit to form than I'm going to run a mile a day. Yeah. Right. And, but this was the biggest thing. The reason I'm bringing this up is one of the most significant findings that they saw was that even in your habit formation process, if you skipped a day every once in a while, as long as you got back on track with compassion for yourself, it didn't affect the habit formation process long-term. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I'm saying that is we are going to have the voices come up. We are going to fall off track. You're going to, oh God, I'm just going to have the kombucha. You know what I mean? And, and then you start again. And what I tell people is don't get mad at yourself. Don't shame yourself. That's scientifically proven to shut down the learning centers of the brain. Mm -hmm. And you just say, okay, where I am right now, I get to begin again where I am right now is a starting point. And I begin again. And it and the science has your back to say that it actually isn't going to affect anything long-term. Now, I'm not saying go 10 days and right. abandon it. Yeah. You know, it's just like a quick hiccup and just, and, and restart. And, and then you'll keep finding your way back. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Because mm -hmm. that's how it is with meditation too. Just because totally. you skip a day of meditation doesn't mean you're a bad meditator. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So- your book's coming out in February. You're yes. going on your tour. Yeah. Where can people find you? How can we stay up to date? I know that you have your album as well. Everyone outside is really exciting. Excited <laughs> too. Uh, yeah. Um, Got it. So for those that want to continue learning from you, inspired by you, how can we just like dive into yeah, the world of thank all you. that you do? Thank you. I, I think, you know, one of the things that I'm most excited about with the tour that I didn't mention, but that's, I think, really important for everybody listening is that we're kind of abandoning the traditional book tour model, which if people know like a book tour is normally like you go to a bookstore, you go to Barnes and Nobles and you like talk about your book and sign books, which is cool. But one of the things that we said we wanted to do was we wanted to really go into underprivileged communities and give this practice to people in their context. And so what we're doing is we're actually going to 10 of the most impacted cities in the United States, like Oakland, California, and Flint, Michigan, and Dayton, Ohio, and Chicago, and Atlanta. And uh, we're going to high schools and we're going to colleges and we're giving the book away for free to thousands of kids and doing an event with the kids and the youth and the young adults where the event's kind of going to be like a mix between like a TED talk and a music concert and teaching them how to use mindfulness, but in a way that really works. And the reason we're using music is because what's the best way to get people to feel mm -hmm. music. And we have to get them to feel and believe like what happened to me that day on the beach with Lauren, that something is possible to believe it. And um, so we're doing that. And one of the other things that happens that we're really excited about is, you know, what a lot of uh, organizations tend to do when they're trying to help is they drop in and like kind of help for a second and then leave. And Which I It's actually more detrimental. Super detrimental. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. So one of the things that we're creating is it's a text messaging platform that all of the students can use. And it's a 40 day platform where right there on the stage, I'll tell them, text meditate to, for example, 2222. And don't do that because that number doesn't work. Uh, or at least it's not mine. You know, text message meditate. And then right there, it'll text them back and say, 
hey, what's your name? And the kid can text him back, John. And then he'll say, okay, John, what time do you wake up in the morning? And John will say 7 a.m. So every day for 40 days at 6 a.m., John will have a new guided meditation directly in his phone so that the first thing they're hearing is a positive voice telling them they can, telling them what's possible instead of all this crap we see on the news and what the world and what their environment might be telling them is not possible for them. And so what's, what's beautiful about this is everybody... We wanted the community to have an opportunity to get involved in this. And so what we're doing is we're calling this the Stay Woke Give Back Tour. And everyone has a chance to to give and, and make this possible for kids around the world. We've already have now at this point uh, four or five cities totally paid for and underwritten. So this is a free experience for the schools, for the kids. There's no cost involved for anyone. And if you want to contribute to that, uh, the way that you do is you just go pre-order the book on the website, which I'll tell you in a second. And then there's a drop down that allows you to say how many kids you want to sponsor. Mm-hmm. And it's only $5 per kid for the whole experience, the book, the talk, the tech program. And you get to say one kid, $5, 500, whatever. And if you even maybe want to bring me and this program to a city that you love, you know, it costs about $10,000 to go to a city, which is not a lot, yeah. you know, to go and do this work. So um, for anybody who wants to see more about the book and and the work that we're doing there to really to really wake up the world and the people who've been left out, you just go to staywokegiveback.com. Again, it's staywokegiveback.com, staywokegiveback.com. I'm saying it three times because that's what they tell you to do. And uh, and you can access everything about me and this work there. Amazing. And it'll all be linked in the show notes. Justin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. I can just sit here and chill with you for so much longer. It's so cozy in here. It's so cozy. It's so great. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. 